Hello, my name is Mark Taylor and welcome to the Education on Fire podcast. The place for creative and inspiring learning from around the world. Listen to teachers, parents and mentors share how they are supporting children to live their best authentic life and are proving to be a guiding light to us all. Hello, welcome back to the Education on Fire podcast. Thank you so much for spending some more time with us here again today. As you know, this podcast is all about creative and inspiring learning and and no more so than today where we start to have different elements of life but all coming together for the well-being of our children. We're going to be chatting to Rachel Hudson from Wild at Heart Foundation and also a teacher who's been trialling their Be Kind programme. The Be Kind programme aims to support the mental well-being of young people and help them understand the positive impact dogs can have on their lives. This has been developed by a team of passionate educators and is designed for Key Stage 2 students. It's linked to the national curriculum, it's free to sign up and take part and comes with five workbooks with various lesson plans and activities. So I hope you enjoy this conversation about the Be Kind programme from the Wild at Heart Foundation. Thank you to the National Association for Primary Education for their long-term support of the Education on Fire podcast. To get a free e-copy of their professional journal, Primary First, please go to nape.org.uk forward slash journal. That's nape.org.uk forward slash journal. Hello, Rachel and Georgia. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Education on Fire podcast. We're going to be talking about something which I've not talked about before on the show. So I'm excited to see where this conversation leads us in, and the, the intertwining of, of the human elements, I think, and the education side. So thanks so much for you both joining us today. Thank you for having us. Thank you. So Rachel, why don't you start us off with telling us exactly what is the World at Heart Foundation and and what's your role within it? Yeah, so I am the education campaign manager for the World at Heart Foundation, which is a dog welfare and rescue charity. Um, It was founded by an incredible woman called Nikki Tibbles, who has a really successful floristry business in London. Um, But her passion in life is dogs and she has traveled the world and seen the plight of stray dogs everywhere and she decided she wanted to create a charity to stop this plight and to, I think I believe there's 600 million stray dogs in the world and we want to compassionately reduce that stray dog problem. We do that through uh, adoption, sterilization and education projects all over the world. Um, but this new programme is all about UK education and working in UK schools. Um, our pillars are compassion, empathy, kindness and understanding. And we really believe that working with children and educating children to have these skills, we will create a generation who will care for everyone, including themselves and hopefully dogs and animals. Um, So this programme was uh, funded by Manolo Blahnik. It's been in the pipeline for a couple of years, but pandemic and things happening. um, It's only kicked off very recently in the past few months. Um, So Manolo Blahnik really kindly funding it um, so we can develop the programme. So the focus of our programme, as I said, is looking at these pillars of compassion, kindness, empathy and understanding, but really focusing on the well-being of young people. We want to use the example of a rescue dog and tell the story of the work that we do and help children understand what rescue dogs go through. Um, But by doing that, using it as um, 
a bit of a metaphor to help them explore their own emotions, their own feelings, and to develop these skills to care for themselves as well. Um, emotions are an enormous abstract concept, especially for children, but even as adults, it's quite hard to navigate what they might mean and what we're feeling. Um, so we hope by using this non-verbal example of a dog, it will help them understand themselves more clearly and make it really accessible. Um, so we've created a programme which is over five workbooks and it's free for schools to download and use. And at the moment, we've got three schools trialling it across the country because we want to make sure it's really impactful and has the benefit that we really want it to have. As I said, the focus is the well-being of young people. And if it doesn't support that, then what's the point of us doing it? And I think th there are two or three things that strike me. One, of course, is that many children that you'll be able to come in contact with will have their own dog. So they'll have that affinity with what it's like to, to have an animal around. But I think also what you mentioned about empathy and some of these things that we talked about before on the podcast is it's actually having the awareness of this is the experience that you're having. And then once you're able to do that, you can then associate it with, like you say, your feelings and situations as you go in other scenarios. And I think then you start to expand as a, as a whole human in a, in a much broader context, don't you? Which I think is, is like you say, that then gives children the skills that they need. And there's something about the here and now and the immediacy of the being in the moment, which I think actually relating person to person, but certainly is the case when it's sort of person to a dog. Yeah, completely. And I think... Um from the schools trialing it and the feedback that we've had the understanding of the concepts of empathy and compassion has been backwards so it's i am experiencing this thing and then the label is put on it because they're massive things to try and comprehend so as you say it's it's sort of working backwards from the experience that you have the feelings that you're processing and then trying to navigate them and after the past year that we've had children being in four walls a lot of the time they haven't had many social interactions so they have probably haven't experienced the plethora of emotions and feelings that they normally would have they probably look internally so much more and don't realize the external impact that they're having because they haven't had the opportunity and um, so we really hope that this program just to gently navigate very subtly using this example of a, of a dog will help them feel more comfortable in expressing their emotions and also understanding the emotions of, of others. And Georgia, you've been one of the people that have been supporting and, and helping join this trial. So give us a little bit about sort of the, the education setting that you've been trialing it in, but also your experience of using it. Yeah, of course. So um, I work as a sort of artist educator um, in an progressive school in West Sussex called Reflection Small School um, and we work with children from reception to year two. Um, so we're actually working with a younger age group than the programme was designed for um, but we thought that'd be a really nice opportunity just to see how adaptable it is and how we can work with children of all ages to support them in this kind of emotional literacy I guess that I think is often not highlighted in education in our curriculum. So we have a non-traditional setting, like I explained, and we don't really follow the national curriculum. So everything we do is um, based on projects and our curriculum emerges out of the projects. Um, 
and because of that we've been quite lucky in the sense that we can work very flexibly with this program within our curriculum as it stands and coincidentally the children have been very interested this year in working for world change I think having the impact of the um, coronavirus um, during their school year I think has provoked a lot of them to think quite hard about what's happening in the world how has a global pandemic occurred how has our world changed so drastically in just a year um, and with that all of the environmental concerns that have come from listening to Greta Thunberg and these inspirational speakers uh, a lot of them watch David Attenborough I think they've been really um, driven to make a change um, so when this curriculum came a along a more compassionate curriculum that seemed to support a lot of the investigations they've been doing personally um, how to make the world a better place how can we relate to others how can we relate better to animals and understand the things that they're going through we felt that this would kind of work beautifully together so I've been working with a group of about six children at a time to facilitate this program I understand that our setting is different to a curriculum that um, we work with uh, nationally so I know that a lot of classrooms that would be trying it would be maybe working with larger groups but I think the joy of the program I found so far is the flexibility in it and I think the key concepts in the program are such important things to teach children as Rachel was saying but things that can be quite difficult for us to articulate as adults and um, find ways of, of making these explicit to the children so so yes, I'm working with small groups of children and they can be anywhere from ages five to eight. So the mixed age groups have been quite interesting, particularly because our year two children will be transitioning to a new school and probably a mainstream setting. So I think this apprehension of their emotions and this uncertainty about what they're gonna go into, the conversation around empathy, compassion, kindness, understanding has been really essential for them. And we've had my uh, rescue dog, Blue, that um, adopted from Wild at Heart, coming in to actually see the children. So where the programme suggests um, Lucky as the rescue dog to relate to, we've actually had Blue as a real life dog, which I think for the younger children has been really effective in terms of enabling them that opportunity to observe body language of an animal and try and interpret those signals to understand better the emotions of that animal. Um, and then we've noticed a lot of the children actually emulating those body language cues personally to, to communicate with each other before and after the session. And during the session, they're so respectful of this rescue dog blue coming in as well. And Ra Rachel, you said that you have um, five workbooks to work through and, and, and that set up. So just take us through sort of practically how that works in terms of what teachers would see and how they would sort of work through the project. Yeah, of course. So um, we've got probably about 10 hours worth of content. Um, so it is very meaty and chunky. Um, but as Georgia said, we've tried to make it as flexible as possible so that it can slot into any school community, um, whether that's uh, emotion-wise or timetable-wise. Um, so we start off by looking at emotions, looking at the concepts that we'll be exploring and trying to just understand the words um, and new vocabulary that will be used. Then the workbooks move into actually understanding what they mean, what can affect our emotions, how do we react? And we use the zones of regulation, which is 
very very popular in schools um but just as a way to yeah use the zones of regulation to um, make sure it's something that's familiar to them. It's not completely new concepts and children will hopefully respond to you well. Uh, next, we move on to well-being and giving students tools that they can take away into their daily lives. Uh, we try to highlight that ev everybody's different. We've all got different needs. We respond to things completely differently. Um, and we'll also need different tools to, to look after ourselves. And um, so that's the next stage. Then we move into actually looking at skills in action and looking at dogs. As Georgia said, she's been taking Blue into school and a lot of schools are working with dogs so much more, which is incredible. The benefits that they can give us is wonderful. So we look at a little bit of that, but also um, safe interactions with dogs um, and trying to understand and read how they're feeling. And the final element of the workbooks is social action. So we hope that the um, the programme will take them on a journey and we then end with looking at something that they really care about. What do you want to make a change in? How do you want to take a stand? What in your community do you really believe in? Um, so we encourage them to... Um, I don't know, even if it's making a poster or doing a presentation, telling your friends about something you've researched or a bake sale, fundraising, just really thinking about your community and where you'd like to spread the kindness that you've developed and, and learnt across the programme. And I definitely think the ability to adapt all of these things into the community is really key, isn't it? Because every school is different, every part of the country is different, every situation is different. And to actually have that central theme of where are we wanting to put our energy? How do we want to spend our time? How do we want to sort of present ourselves to the world? And what can we do that we can recognize and, and empathize with in terms of our own personal surroundings? And that gives you the flexibility no matter where you are in the country or around the world for that matter in terms of what you're trying to, to help support. But then also, like I say those sort of universal ideas of empathy and compassion and, and the kindness and and the things that we want integrally for children to f understand and to feel and for that to then be paid forward in terms of being able to share all of that and I think those two things going hand to hand you know are going to be like say something which is incredibly beneficial and then to understand how you can actually then create something and then be able to d deliver that in such a way that it's impactful for not just within the school community but outside as well like you say because I guess if you're doing any kind of um, bake sale or anything like that you're bringing the parents involved in the rest of the community from outside of the school as well which um which I think every school is looking to do more and more but I think more importantly that engagement across everybody is really really important yeah absolutely and that's such a good point about um parents as well that's something that we really care about and we really hope will um, be a ripple effect of working with these children that they will then share what they've learned especially about what Wild at Heart Foundation do with the adults in their lives as well just to spread the message and educate they can be fellow educators sharing the word um, yeah it's something that we really care about and we want it to be um, a mindset and life skills that they take forward. In mind of the parents, it's been quite interesting because I think the more children talk about this with people in general, I think the more confidence they have to ask 
quite challenging questions about what they observe in their day-to-day life or the situations around. And I think sometimes that can be really hard as an educator or as a parent to feel like you have the right answer to give them. But I think um, initiating that curiosity in the child to actually ask those challenging questions and really look at the world around them and think about what can we do better or what, what do I feel passionate about? I think, you know, we just have to be on our toes all the time, don't we, as, as older people in the community to, to feel like we can actually receive those and also feel comfortable not holding all the answers, but being ready to facilitate some changes together and collaborate with the children and with the young adults to, 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 to be more curious and to be more action-based, you know, and more proactive. And I, th- I think as soon as, as soon as it becomes a conversation, as soon as it becomes a shared experience, as soon as it becomes anything different than I'm delivering this knowledge to you and you're going to then use it in some way, um, which is that sort of much more sort of traditional kind of exam test um, some curriculum that we're in at the moment, I think it's been able to interweave these kind of projects these kind of understandings and like we said you know you can you can timetable it or you can access it or put it in whichever way works best for your school but it's it's understanding this is what children need it's what the world needs it's what we need socially going forward and and the more young people get this experience then the better that has to be for everyone going forward and like I say if you're asking smart questions and interesting questions hopefully you like you say you get a great answer back or you get a discussion back from not knowing but it just means that they will then ask another question and it's going to be those questions which are to think you know ultimately will take society hopefully in, in a positive direction from there on in 100% Rachel we should talk a little bit maybe about the ambassadors and partners because you've got some quite high profile people that are involved in the in the organization tell us about why and how they're involved in, and, and the benefits of that as well yeah we have a, a plethora of amazing ambassadors and partners um, who a lot of them have amazing relationships with our founder Nikki Tibbles that I mentioned and they just share our passion and her passion for um, rescue dogs and the suffering that they have um, stray dogs have all over the world um, as I mentioned Manolo Blahnik um, the shoe designer are funding this program because they are incredibly passionate about mental health and well-being, particularly of children. Um, and so that's how this came about. It's sort of a, a hybrid passion for dogs and well-being. On paper, it's sort of a bit confusing, but actually in reality, it works so well. For having this metaphor of a rescue dog has made the program as accessible. I guess in terms of helping you spread the word and, and actually, you know, generating that kind of publicity, like I say, with, with 600 million stray dogs or whatever, you need a lot of people to be talking about the organisation and, and helping people. Completely. Actually, um, we very recently uh, had a champion come on board who is Ferran Torres, who is a Manchester City footballer. And he's become our our key champion and really believes in the work that we do. Um, So he's an amazing person to hopefully spread the word, not only for the the general work that the charity does, but also the education campaign. 
um, having someone like that who's so relatable and children know um, makes such a difference. And we're so grateful for all of the support that we get from our ambassadors and champions. I really like that. And I think we only have to look at the media in the last year in terms of, of those kind of people who are making a difference in the world by just having that voice in that understanding and that reach of just having real conversations about real things which are important whether it's Marcus Rashford talking about meals with children or or like I said or whether we're talking about dogs it's it's that kind of it's very different than just thinking about what did I do at school today it's expanding the reach it's in school it's out school it's in your society it's people that you know that children will look up to and be aware of and I think I think when we start looking at that in the round and how education can change and how it can reach people and how it can be so important, I think that's a very exciting place to be from an educationalist, but also in terms of, of what children can then grasp and and run with. Because it's not like, oh, I was in school today and my teacher and I were talking about this. It's kind of, but we've been talking it in relation to this person who was talking about it and that person does this and I've watched them play football or whatever it happens to be you know, no matter how sort of tangible that is it becomes that kind of whole kind of yes I'm part of this bigger thing and like you say and then all those education elements that come within that then make a, a, a big difference. Completely and actually it's sort of uh, the social action project that I was talking about that we have at the end of the programme it's, it's real life social action it's people who have taken this into their adult life and and want to um they really believe in the cause and they want to make a change and difference so having them as um as an example of someone to look up to is amazing and we're incredibly lucky to have so many kind and compassionate people who want to help us do that yeah it's fantastic and i and i often think that you know the learning experience is about understanding but it's also about having tools in order to be your best self going forward and that obviously starts when people are very young and that tool might be the ability to stand up and speak to somebody it might be i need to work out the figures to make this project work it might be the empathy and the compassion and the understanding i need to relate to somebody in my class or in my community and i think when you understand that all of this is going to be supportive it's a tool that you can use like i say then going forward it's going to make a really big impact um and so let's let's talk about maybe um, the impact a teacher or a school experience is, is is had on you. Can you remember someone that sort of that you recognise that, that that you'd like to share with us, Georgia? Do you want to go first? I found this a really interesting thing to think about, actually, because I feel like I actually have quite negative school experiences, and so maybe the the things I remember were not for the best reasons, but actually that propelled me to work in education to find a different way of doing education to then support the children who maybe like me um, didn't feel so supported by their teachers at school or didn't feel so understood necessarily um, and I think it's exactly what you were saying before about having this context to understand where you fit in and how what you're doing at school actually has a purpose in real life um, yeah so for me there's not one person in particular but um, I would feel bad mentioning <laughs> who, it, who it was but yeah I had an art teacher that never really understood why I was so passionate to be a creative person and I remember always struggling with that because that was the one thing I felt really good at at school but it just wasn't appreciated by that particular teacher so I really had to just carry on anyway and um, trust my instinct and trust my gut to to just crack on with that 
that passion of mine, even though maybe it wasn't seen or understood. Yeah, well, I think that's a really great point. And I think, like say, your gut, your instincts, your intuition, however you want to describe it, is a really important thing to want to be aware of and to talk about. And also that a positive can come out of a negative. Like you say, sometimes it's knowing what we don't want or what doesn't quite fit or what doesn't feel right shows us what is what we do want. And so, you know, here on Education on Fire, we're all about trying to share that practice of kind of this really worked with this person. Maybe you can emulate it or you can understand it. But I think the opposite is also true as well. We can all use those experiences that we've had that really show us the black from the white um and so yeah this is what i want because of that experience and if that propels us in a positive direction then i think i think that's a, as good a learning experience as everything just being rosy in inverted commas and <laughs> which would be lovely if everyone's in that scenario <laughs> but we know that's that's not necessarily the reality um and rachel what was your experience so i found this really interesting to think about as well i was going through my head all of the teachers that i remember and the experiences that i had and the one that i always come back to and always remember is my first ever teacher um so almost 30 years ago and she's called miss forster i had her in year one and i just remember her because she was full of compassion and care and love and I just, it, even as a five-year-old, that nerves that I still remember having going to school and this amazing woman just took me under her arm and looked after us all and she really, really cared and loved us. Um, similarly, there's been moments over the years where teachers haven't really understood or um, you want to go in a direction and they don't quite agree. But going back to Miss Forster, she had everything that you'd ever want as a teacher. Um, so, yeah, she was fantastic. And I'll, I'll always remember her almost 30 years later. <laughs> well, I, I think I think that completing the circle is really fascinating, you know, because we're here talking about an education programme, which is about empathy and compassion and, and love and understanding and all of that kind of thing. And And I hear it time and time again, you know, these teachers aren't the person that really supported me to remember how to spell this word or to do maths in a certain way or re I remember this particular statistic about the height of a mountain you know while all those things may be important in certain scenarios what people remember is that being seen the way they were f they, they felt about something the environment that they were in um which just like I say goes full circle into you know why projects like that we're talking today are so important because you know that paying it forward you know that teacher just doing the best that she could made a massive impact on you when you were then thinking about it and then here we are talking about a project which is then going to support people moving forward as well so you know it doesn't surprise me in terms of what you said, but I think it just goes to demonstrate, you know, what a powerful thing all these things are that we're talking about. So is there any advice you would give your younger self or a piece of advice you were given which made a big difference in your life? George, would you like to go first again on this one? Yeah, I think actually it follows on from my first point, which is just to trust your instincts more than you may feel comfortable doing. Because I think... Um, I think there are things inside of all of us that are waiting to come out. And I think a lot of the time when we're younger, there's so much stimulation and so much social pressure and so much that everyone else is doing that we can very quickly compare ourselves and try to fit in. But I think we all can shine in a way that's very unique. So I think just trusting your instincts and, and following your 
heart as cheesy as it sounds i think it, it obviously is a well-known saying for a reason absolutely it's, it's ultimately that we're we're all here to to live our own life and the only person that truly knows that is you and it's it's those little succession of moments intuition feelings given whatever scenario in that take you from one day to the next and one situation to the next and feeling like you're happy just to allow that to be the case i think takes you on the journey that you're here to have and um yeah it's, it's a really important point and and rachel how about you mine's very similar actually it would be to have confidence in yourself and have confidence to accept that you're not great at everything um like you said you might not remember how tall a mountain is or remember the periodic table um but and that's okay. You have skills in other ways. Have compassion for yourself. Look after yourself. You're unique. Your strengths are different to everyone else. Um, and it would just be to remember that. And I think that's that's even true as teachers, isn't it? It's like <clears throat> if if you think about all of the teachers that we all have or the learning experiences that we have every teacher has a different something that we learn from good bad or indifferent as we've talked about already and i think sometimes as a teacher it's you feel like oh, i must make more of this or is this happening or am i getting this across or and i think as long as you can remember that as long as you're connecting with the people that you're surrounding yourself with whether it's colleagues whether it's pupils or your senior leadership team every day then you're going to make a difference. And it's, again, it's those small decisions, those small understandings each day that will really help. And, and and just as we as we start to round up, is there a resource which either of you have had that you'd like to share that's had a big impact on your life? And this could be a video, a song, a book, a podcast. It could be anything, but something which you think, that's that's the thing I go back to or, or and remind, reminds me of a situation that, that was really important. So, Georgia first? Yeah, I think... If it counts, I think mine is a um, four-week volunteering program I did at a retreat centre called Surya and I worked on their permaculture program. And I just spent the four weeks with my hands in the soil, um, just really going completely back to basics. Um, and I think having been brought up in London in a very different, I think a very, I guess, disconnected way of life, I think that connection back with the earth, back with the soil, back with you know watching the sunrise and the sunset it just reminded me that the earth and the place we live is very beautiful and if we just take some time to just be ourselves in the peaceful um, atmosphere of nature and just observe all of the things around us the very simple things that keep the world spinning I think we can learn an awful lot and I think that's what I always go back to is just when we strip everything back what are the essential things that we need to be happy? And um, again, I think it links beautifully with the program in terms of that empathy, compassion and kindness, because that's how we have to treat the earth for it to be fruitful, to give us the things that we need to be alive. So, yeah. Absolutely. And Rachel? I, I hope this counts. It's it's a living thing. <laughs> and I would say the, the sort of biggest sort of impact um, on my life is probably our rescue dog. She's taught me so much. Um, her, the way she's been able to adapt from being dumped on the streets and never being in a house and never having a bed, never having a toy, to accepting people and this new environment. And the, I know I keep going back to it, but the compassion and understanding that she has and she's taught me um, 
is incredible and she's an enormous comfort and one of the best teachers yeah i love that and and i think i think the the journey that you just described there um for that particular life i think if we can get that across in the, many of the things that we do in terms of no matter what your situation now even if it feels desperate or it's not a situation you feel like you're thriving in or you feel like there are struggles that's not how it always has to be and hopefully you come across somebody that can support you which i think you know this program is going to be something which really helps more and more people be aware of that so there'll be more people in the world that can actually do that and also that things can change and um yeah it's a, it's a really great way for us to i think finish off this 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 really incredible conversation so rachel why don't you tell us um where people can go to find out more how they can sign up and, and how they can get it in their school and, and let us know when it's launched yeah of course um so as i mentioned there are three schools trialing the content at the moment and so we're just finalizing it but on our website um, which is wildatheartfoundation.org um, you can sign up to our be kind program you just put in your name email address and school and we will send you all of the content as soon as it's ready um, it will be ready for launch in schools from september of this year fantastic so and we'll have a direct link in the show notes of this episode as well so people can click through and and yeah so well thank you so much for sharing it's really really fan fascinating chatting to you both um, and I really hope it's successful I hope teachers and, and schools listening really think this is a, an incredible way to, to to do hopefully some of the things that are already happening in schools but in a different way with that different focus and that different spotlight and I think there have been so many people who will really really jump at that chance so yeah thank you Georgia Rachel thank you so much for spending some time with us here thank you thank you, thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the show. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to carry the conversation on or ask any questions related to the show, please join our Facebook community. If you go to facebook.com and search for Education on Fire, our private community there where we offer more resources, have conversations and chat around the, some of the things that we discuss here on the podcast and in education in general. Thanks very much and I really hope to see you inside. Thanks for listening to the Education on Fire podcast. For more information of each episode and to get in touch, go to educationonfire.com. Education is not the filling of a pail, but the lighting of a fire.